All right, get your Bible up nice and high. Your Bible, your iPad, iPhone, right now, whatever you're rolling with. Now, I didn't say we're going to bring your Bible to every Sunday because I like preaching from my iPad. Just we're going to do it once. All right, make this declaration. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. And I can be what it says I can be. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, as the teacher is teaching, hide them in a gift that I might experience revelation, impartation, destiny acceleration, and manifestation in my life. In Jesus' name, shout amen. Shout amen again. Oh, I need y'all to keep something in prayer. This is very serious. The Dallas Cowboys need a lot of prayer. After last week, every Cowboy fan should come to the altar. <laughs> now, I'm not saying the Eagles would, I'm because the, the, the 49ers are strong. I'm just glad they beat up on y'all and not us right now. <laughs> all right, Romans chapter 7, go there. Romans, y'all like, all right, let's pray. Who are we praying? <laughs> Romans chapter 7, let's go there. Romans 7, verse 18. Let's, let's roll. This message is really good today, man. I need y'all to get this. Romans 7, verse 18, the New Living Translation, Paul says this. He says, and I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what's good, but I don't. I don't want to do what's wrong, but what happens? I do it anyway. Who can relate to that, man? Just, you know, yeah, you ever look at yourself in the mirror and go, why you do that? I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing wrong. It's sin. Talking about the sin nature living in me that does it. I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what's right, I inevitably do what's wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. But there's this another power within me that is at war where? Where? Tell three people it's in your mind. It's in your mind. This war in my mind, this power makes me a slave to the sin that's still within me. So Paul, you know, we've looked at, because I want to kind of move, we, we've been looking at this whole, this whole text for this series, Me Versus Me. And I'm not asking y'all are enjoying this series because y'all been letting me know. This series, I think, is hitting home, yes? It's hitting home. It's very applicable. And this, this me versus me, Paul brings out because he says, I recognize there's a battle on the inside of me. I recognize there's this, this battle of self-sabotage. Most of what happens with you, it's not the devil, it's you. You know, I say nothing on that. It's you. Amen. And he says there's this self-sabotage, and we looked at that. We spent a lot of time looking at self-sabotage, but then we said... Instead of self-sabotaging yourself, instead of this self-sabotage way of thinking, we began to talk about this self-actualization way of thinking, this actualization mindset, which is this. They'll bring it up on the screen. Self-actualization is about becoming the best version of yourself. The, tell your neighbor, best version. Best version of yourself based on embracing God's will for your life directed from the word of God. How many know this word is truth? And there has to be this embracement of the word of God in your life. This word has to be final authority. Now, please hear me. I'm, I'm really um, I'm contemplating on doing another class um, because what's happening with Israel is very biblical. Now, I, how many of y'all took my eschatology class that I did? Because we had like 500 people in the class. How many, took, how many didn't take it? I, I need to maybe make that available to you 
how many of y'all that took it think I should make that available to because uh, we walk you through from the rapture before the rapture to, to all the way to the very end and um, but what's happening with biblical with Israel is very biblical prophecy is being fulfilled in front of your eyes if you didn't think the Bible was true you should now and um, I need y'all to keep it in prayer because there's some stuff going on behind the scenes that has to come to light and I'm saying to you that please hear me this word has to be truth to you this it can't be one of several this word has to be truth for your life because please hear me when you embrace God's word as truth for your life something powerful happens to you when you embrace this word as truth the truth for my life there is a power that happens in your life and that's what I want us to deal with today the power of embrace truth to bring success the power this is gonna be so good I need you to get this the this is gonna be this is gonna be liberating the people the power of embrace truth to bring success let me show you what the Bible says when you embrace truth of the Word of God John chapter 8 go there John 8 verse 32 the amplified translate amplified classical says this and you will know the truth and the truth will what now get get what it's saying it didn't say knowing the truth will set you free you can know the word like the back of your hand but it's the embracement and the application of the truth that sets you free see if you don't if you don't embrace this word and and don't apply it then you really don't believe it because how many know when you believe something you apply it and the Bible says here in John that when you not only know the truth, but embrace it and apply it in your life, there is a freedom. There is a liberty. In other words, please hear me, the day you start embracing this truth, you get set free. You get set free the day you really embrace this word and believe it as truth and embrace it and apply it, you are free free from demonic you know overwhelm you're free think about it you stop worrying when you embrace this truth you you stop worrying you stop getting stressed out all those things because I trust this word this word have I hid in my heart David said that I don't sin against thee and so I want us to walk through some things concerning the truth of the word that you got to make sure you really embrace number one let's start walking number one you must embrace the truth that God knows you personally. Oh, that's a good statement. No, please hear me. You are important to God. <laughs> no, God has taken a personal interest in your life and your success. No, no, the God of the universe, the creator God. People, you hear people go, God, are you even there? Do you even care about me? Scripture says, God has taken a personal interest not only in your life in your success go to Jeremiah chapter 1 let's look at some stuff on that Jeremiah chapter 1 it says this verse 5 before I formed thee in the belly I knew you let's stop before your heart was ever picked up on a heart monitor in your mama's womb God knew you he didn't know y'all he knew you Watch now, and before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you. 
and I ordained you a prophet. He's talking to Jeremiah, but it's the principle. I ordained you a prophet unto the nation. So watch, it doesn't matter if your parents didn't plan for you. God did. It doesn't matter if your mom and daddy conceived you in the back seat of a car, watch, and they never even got married. God took the ignorance of others and used it as a transport from heaven into the earth realm. And just because your mama was not married to your daddy doesn't mean purpose wasn't in your mama's womb. I know what I'm talking about. My mama was pregnant with me and she wasn't married. White woman to a black man, that was hearsay. Her, that was heretic to everybody around. They wanted her to abort me, get rid of me. But purpose was in her womb. Not purpose defined by man, by God. And you gotta embrace this truth. So if you don't believe in me, I know God does, so it don't matter. Go to Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, um, Luke 12, I'm sorry, Luke 12, verse 7. Luke chapter 12, verse 7, it says this, King James Version, but even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than the sparrows. Now watch what it's saying, man. Your hairstylist might be telling you, your hair, you're losing your hair. God says, according to this text, in spite of all the hair loss you've had, I know the very number of hairs on your head right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know you that well. I know how many hair, I know what's yours and what's not. No, that's not bad. I know what I created and what you purchased. And how many know nothing wrong with that? How many know? Praise God for technology. You like long hair, you can buy it. You want to, you can do it. <laughs> the point of it is, the point of it is God says, I'm so into your life. I know how many hairs are on your head right now. Go to Psalms 56. Get the, oh, get this one. Psalms 56, verse 8. New Living Translation says this. You keep track of all my sorrows. You've collected all my tears in your bottle. You've recorded each one in your book. God, Jesus. God says, I know every tear you've ever cried. Every tear you've ever shed, God says, I know it. God, Jesus. Hear me. That sounds like God knows you personally. So even if nobody else wants to be my friend, God is. So I, I, I have to embrace, number one, the truth that God knows me personally. That is why you want to be careful how you treat me. You want to be careful how you handle me. Because even though you think I serve no importance for your life, because you know we'll treat people right who we feel are important, but somebody that we feel is not important at all, can't add value at all, we'll kick them to the curb. You'll, you'll walk by people that are down and out because they serve no purpose to you, but God says don't blow off anybody, I know them personally. You're missing some of the revelation. In Moses in the Old Testament, when the people, of God, people were coming after him, God stepped in and said, uh-uh, no, 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 no. No, no, you don't understand who he is. I talk to you in visions and dreams. I talk to him face to face. 
And when they wanted to come against him, God opened up the ground and swallowed everybody up because God says, no, 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 no. When I know you personally, I'm invested in your life. Look at your neighbor and say, if you knew who I really was, you would take me to lunch when we're done. If you knew. If you knew. Yeah, if, if you knew. Mm -hmm. I know we got some food in the multi-purpose room for Hispanic, you know, Hispanic Heritage Month. I know we got that. You know, no, I was disappointed. I didn't hear WAPA, weep, WAPA. I'm like, what? I didn't hear it. I'm like, I'm waiting for it. Weep, we weep, WAPA, whatever. I didn't hear it. I'm over there saying it to the best of my ability. And, you know, amen. So I hope y'all will stop in there afterwards because they put a lot of time in. Look at your neighbor and say, God knows me personally. Here's the second truth you have to embrace. And that is you have to embrace the truth that he knows your purpose. Somebody shout, God knows my purpose. Yeah, no, no, no. You're not here by happenstance. You're not here by mistake. Your existence has meaning in his plan. Oh, y'all didn't get that. No, no, no. No, everybody breathe in. Just breathe in. Breathe out. That act means your existence was necessary for God's plan. Amen. How important are you that God had to birth you in the earth realm Amen. because he needed you to accomplish his plan? Go to Psalms 100. Psalms 100. Watch this. Verse 3. Psalms 100, verse 3. It says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us. So he knows my purpose because he made me. So my validation comes from him. You didn't make me, so you don't really know what I'm capable of. He made me. He knows my purpose. I'm going to believe him over you. Amen. Watch. And he's made us and not we ourselves. So side note, if God made you, why would you try to make anything of yourself without him? Amen. Not ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So God made you so he knows your purpose. But listen to me. That is why it does matter where you go to church. Because you have to keep yourself in an environment of faith that will push you to fulfill the purpose that he has that required your existence. You need to be in an environment that does not make it about anybody else except you fulfilling your purpose. You do understand when you come to church, it is not mainly for us to jump, shout, dance, and run. That's cool. We worship. We praise. We should be excited. But you should not leave here without being reminded that you have a purpose and a destiny that is calling your name and you are to go do it. You should never under any circumstance, be made to feel that you're to be in awe of the preacher. You're to be caught up in Bishop. Oh, Bishop, such a great man of God. Bishop, so awesome. Oh, Bishop. No, Bishop is here trying to get you to see that it's about you, not about him, about you fulfilling your purpose because God knows your purpose and it's required in the plan that he has on this earth. Amen. Amen. So number one, what was the first one, class? I don't know if y'all taking those first one as what? Y'all are really paying attention. You got to embrace the truth. Y'all are just looking at the screen. That's what y'all doing. You got to embrace the truth that God knows you personally. Number two, he knows my purpose. Embrace the truth he knows my purpose. Number three, you must embrace the truth that he knows your potential. Now I need y'all to get something on that. Go to Ephesians 3. He knows my potential. Somebody shout, he knows my potential. Yeah, there's a difference between purpose and potential. 
He knows my potential. Ephesians 3, verse 20, starting the Amplified Classical, says, Now to him who by inconsequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out what? What? His purpose and do superabundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Now, everybody shout purpose. purpose. Shout it again, purpose. purpose. I need you to think. I'm going to hit you with a statement. I need you to think. Purpose in embryonic form is potential. Potential, full-blown, is manifested purpose. <laughs> a seed has in it the potential of a tree. When that seed, and watch, how many trees does a seed have in it? Watch, watch, more than one. So that means even when you produce something awesome, there's still more in the tank. Oh, hear me, no, 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 hear me. My senior saints, people that in their, in their 70s, anybody in their 70s here, wave at me, because I know, I know that's not the, the majority of our church. All right, who's in their 60s? That's still, okay, that's some. Okay, all right, watch, watch. Who's in their 50s? Who's in their 40s? Who's under 40? Okay, y'all are up too, all right, Jesus. Watch, watch. What you gotta understand is when you hit your late 60s and 70s, you still got more in the tank. Amen. No, no, no. Because you have more purpose to do, which means there's more potential on the inside. Watch, more in you than what we just read, than what you know is there, than what you think is there. Above what you think, there's more in you, which means I can't be around a bunch of people that think they're done. They just want to sit in a rocking chair and do nothing else because God did not birth you. Watch, and you've done everything. You got more inside of you potential that's waiting to come out as purpose. Listen, listen, we're going to pastor for about 10 to 12 more years. That's it. Before, no, no, no. Before, before we, y'all want me to pass until I'm like nine to seven. I'm like, hold that up. No, now watch. No, I didn't say we're going anywhere, but watch, watch. We're going to turn this church over to the next leaders, and then we're going to provide apostolic covering. Watch, and that will become our pastors. We'll be apostolic covering, but we'll still be here. Watch, but hear me. God didn't raise me and Pastor Aisha up just to pastor this church. There's more in us. There's more, there's more potential that needs to get out in the purpose. And God says, what's in you, get it out of you. Because when you come back to me at the end of your life, you're supposed to be empty. Amen. Everybody say purpose. Say it again, purpose. No, you need to go home and look at yourself and say, you're too full to die right now. That's good. No, no, no. Watch and watch. Watch. Ooh, I'm hearing something in the Holy Ghost. You're too full to sit still. If you don't get moving, you're going to stagnate. 
You have books in you. You have paintings in you. You have businesses in you. You're praying about God, give me income streams. He said, I already put it in you before you took your first breath. It's in you. You have income streams in you. You, you, have, you have ideas in you that'll bring you six figures. You, you have all type, you have coaching in you. you. Hear me, senior people, you got all that wisdom. You got all that wisdom that people will pay to get. And I don't care if another church kicks you to the curb. You're an upper-level leadership, and now that you got older, they don't see your purpose. That's why God sent you here for us to tell you, watch. Now, they might not like this. All you did there was practice. Okay, okay, okay. So everybody shout potential. Here's the next one real quick. I need you to get number the fourth one. You have to embrace the truth that he knows your plan. Whoo! He knows your plan. Who is this message for today for real? Wave at me high. No, no, no. Somebody shout, God knows my plan. No, he, hear me. You Listen to me, because we got to jump into some stuff now. You have to be committed to put all that you are into his hands and let him guide your life. Watch. Why? Because he knows what he's doing. <laughs> no. You got to take all that you are and put it into his hands because he knows what he's doing. Better than you. He knows what he's doing. If he let you do what you wanted to do, you would fall short of your life. He knows what he's doing concerning you. Now I want you to see this in scripture. Go to Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah 29. I need you to get this now. Oh, God. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Watch this. Message translation, starting at verse 11. Look what God says. What's the first, what's the first sentence? No, what is it? Look at somebody and just say that out loud. Look at him. Now, put he, put he knows what you tell, like, tell people on either side of you, in front of you, behind you. Go, tell them, tell them. Come on, tell all of them. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He knows. He didn't say you know. He said, I know. I, watch, watch. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. God, Jesus. No, 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 let's stop. He says, I know what I'm doing because I've already planned it all out. God. No, no, no. God says, you don't need to come up with a plan. Not only did I come up with it, I planned it. The Bible says in Isaiah 46, God declares the end from the beginning. So God's way of operating is he finishes everything before he starts it. So that by the time it started, it's finished. <laughs> no. Watch, I just heard this. You tripping over what you don't know that's already finished. No. Well, God, how's it going to work out? I need you to do this. And God says, 
It's already finished. Your deliverance is finished. Your healing is finished. Your freedom is finished. Your children being saved is finished. It's already finished because by the time, watch, by the time I started you, I finished you. So I, before you started, I completed you. So I finished your life and then I worked backwards, which means, watch, I already dealt with your children before you were born. I already purposed them, watch, and because with them, watch, ooh, I'm here. I finished them before I started you. So the, by the time they picked your, ooh, I heard something else, Kenny. By the time they, the devil can't do anything until facts exist. Because he's not involved in truth. He can't flow in truth. He's the father of all lies. And the Bible says the truth is not in him. So any truth he can't comprehend. So watch what, watch what God does. The enemy can't deal with you till at least your heart is beeping. Right? And they pick it up. Right? By the time they pick up the heartbeat, it's too late for him because God already finished you. God already finished you. God's hand is on your life. All provisions are on your life. The enemy's trying to play catch up to something he never can because it's not like God is ahead of him. God is already finished. And then he starts you and he says, now you start what I've already finished because the footsteps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He's already done. Are you hearing me? Tell your neighbor he's already finished. He's already finished. Watch, watch. Oh God. Oh God, oh God, watch, watch. He says, watch what he says, I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, he didn't say maybe, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, now here's where the nuts and bolts are. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and wanting, want what? Finding me. Want me more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. No, no. God says, watch, God says what I have for you. You have to want what I have for you more than anything else. The question is, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want what God has for you? No, no, how, how bad? Because God says, when you want me bad enough, you'll discover me. And what I have for you, y'all missed it, you won't be disappointed. But how bad do you want it? No, no, the average American believer is into convenience more than consecration. Overseas is different. Overseas is different. Different nations, it's different. Americans are in there, just what's convenient. But God says, if you want what I have for you, you gotta want it bad. If you're gonna step in to what I have for you, you gotta want it bad. You gotta want it more than anything else. Watch, you gotta want it more than this. Bring up my statement. You gotta want it more than, bring up my next statement. You gotta want it more, get this, 
that you're willing to forsake your agenda and your priorities because when you do, sovereign transformation truly begins to take place in your life because you did it God's way. Man, all over, people go to church, they jump, shout, dance, and run, but you don't want, you want to be entertained, you don't want to pursue. And you're okay somebody telling you God wants to bless you, but you're not okay somebody telling you shacking up is a sin. You're not okay with somebody talking to you about holiness and living right and God's will because God's will was never meant to be interpreted to fit your life, your lifestyle. God's word is meant for your life to change to fit what he says in his word. And this church will never change, never back off our stance, our standard, ever. I don't care that most churches are silent on people living the way they want to live. This church will take the stance that God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Shacking up is not God's will. Having sex outside of marriage is not God's will. God never told you to test drive a person before you marry them. He never told you to play house. And here's some problems with some of my daughters in this place. You want him to marry you, but why when he has the cow and the milk? Oh, y'all quiet on that now. Well, I just don't, I just don't think you should pride on people's business. Oh, Jesus did it. Jesus told the woman at the well, he said, uh, you've had five husbands, and the one you're with is not your husband. No, no, we, we want a church that will entertain us. We want a church that, but watch, because we're into convenience, but we're not into pursuit. The question is, how bad do you want it? Do you want it enough to set aside how you feel? Do you want it enough to put aside your agenda? Do you want it enough that you're in a jacked up situation to come out of it? Do you want, I, you know, do, do, how bad do you want it? Because watch, watch. It is only when people desired to please God with their whole heart that transformation took place. Woo! Can I call the roll? Can I call the roll on this? Let me just spiritually, scripturally call the roll rapid fire. After Abraham decided to please God, that's when God used him to build a nation. After Moses decided to please God, God used him to save a nation. After Joshua decided to please God, that's when God used him to take a nation into the promised land. After Nehemiah decided to please God, God used him to rebuild a city wall. After Rahab decided to please God, God used her to save her family. After Gideon decided to please God, God used him as an incredible warrior. After Samuel decided to please God, God used him to advise the king. After David decided to please God, God used him to kill a giant. After the disciples decided to please God, God used them to change the world. After Paul decided to please God, God used him to rewrite much of the Bible. And after Pastor Aisha and I decided to please God, he used us to birth this church to change life after life after life. The question is, how bad do you want it? There's a story told. 
of a young man, a young man trying to create a name for himself. And this young man wanted to learn the principles of success. How do I succeed? And he's asking people and people can't give him the answer. And people are like, you know, you just got to do this and do that. And, and nobody's giving him the answer. And finally, somebody says to him, there's an old guy, like almost like a monk that's on top of the mountain outside of our town. Maybe he'll tell you. This guy goes up there in his business suit, his briefcase, he goes up there and he says, they told me you could tell me the, the principle to success. And this old guy looks at him, doesn't really say anything and says, the answer you seek is down by the beach. Meet me there tomorrow at 5.30 a.m. and I'll give you the answer. And he tells him as the guy is leaving, he says, oh, come dress the way you are today. The guy's thinking, why would I go in a suit and a briefcase to the beach? But nonetheless, he gets there. He gets there at 5.30. When he gets to the beach, he realizes the old man is out in the water about chest high. The guy is standing there talking about, I ain't going out in the water in my suit. The, the old man won't turn around. He's just standing. The old man is just standing. So finally, the guy starts to walk out, and the old man keeps moving. The old man now gets up to about neck high and stops. And um, the young man is like, what is going on? And the young man gets right next to him, and the old man is just standing there. And the young man finally says, sir, you, you told me I would, uh, you, you would show me the principle of success, but I don't, what are we doing? The old man just stands there. Then out the blue, the old man grabs him and holds him under the water, just holds him. The guy is, is starting to panic because he's, he's holding his breath, but he, he's running out of energy. And this old guy is just, this guy is strong, holding him down. And the guy, he now, he's like starting to stress. And he's like, I, I need breath. And the guy is holding him down. And now the guy, young guy's trying to move and he's holding him down. And just when the guy thinks he's about to pass out, he comes up and, <laughs> and gasps breath. And the old man says, when you want success the way you wanted that breath, that's when you'll find success. And it's the same way. When you get to the point where you want God and what he has for you, like you would needing a breath, holding your breath underwater, it is only then that you will get up when the devil knocks you down. It is only then when you get set back, you will keep moving. It is only then that you will overcome. And it is only then when you will stop making excuses that this didn't happen, that didn't happen. I didn't have this opportunity. My father wasn't there. My mother wasn't there. The white man, the black man, the polka dot man because you will have this mentality if God be for me it doesn't matter what's against me it doesn't matter how I've been down what God has for you does not require a polished person what God has for you doesn't require a person who's an echo about what they heard concerning God's able what God has for you is a person that's been through the fire. They've been to hell and back. They've been rejected. They've been cast aside. And through all of that, they're still standing straight up. Through all of that, they know not what they heard, but what they know that with man it's impossible, but not with God. With God, all things are. I'm out of time. We got to stop for real. Now, I'm jumping ahead, but I just, can I plant something in you? 
Can I plant something? This is not Wednesday, but I just feel like to plant something. Can I plant something real quick? Yes. Here's the problem. Here's a side problem that I'm just going to plant. We're going to talk about it later. Here's a problem. The way the enemy comes at you to shut you down is through comparison. Comparison causes you to miss the joy of your journey. God blessed you with a new car. And you're excited till you see somebody else you know got a better car. You were excited. And watch, you begin to compare. Here's the problem with comparison. I can't compare me to you because there's nobody else like me on the planet. I can't compare because I'm looking at the wrong model because when God made me, he didn't use any other model. I am unique. I am different. There's nobody else like me on the planet. So why am I going to use you as a gauge of my success when you and I are totally different? I will not compare. I'm going to be me. I'm going to be me in all authenticity. That's just wetting your appetite. We're coming back to that. We're coming back to that. Yeah. Don't ever dress like anybody else. Do you. You wear your hair the way you want to wear it. Well, this style isn't... Hear me. I'm 50. I'm going to be 55 in a couple months. Styles come and go. So the way you stay in style is throw nothing away. Because what's out now will be back in two years. And people go, oh, is that new? No, this has been in my closet. This was in style in 1999. <laughs> when name belts came back out like before COVID, everybody was like, look at this. We we're like, we used to fight with them. So when I hit you, you know John hit you. <laughs> All right, all right. So I'm, we're going to hit that, man. We're going to spend. Some, we're going to hit that because I'm about to talk to us about self-esteem and self-worth. You'll see. A couple lessons coming down the pike because you can't be what God has called you to be if your self-esteem is off track. And your self-esteem is off track when you compare it to anybody else except what the Word is saying. Tell you, neighbor, it matters where you go to church, man. All right, very quickly, heads are bowed. Before we dismiss today, man, if there's anybody in this room and anybody online, you're not born again. You've never received God's free gifts to you of salvation and righteousness. This is why you're here. Everything else was a precursor to this moment. God built this building. He carved out this moment in time. He orchestrated everything that's happened today for you in this moment to make a decision to receive Jesus as your savior. God loves you that much. He knew where you would be. He knew how you needed to hear for you to be offered his free gifts of salvation and righteousness so that you could come into the kingdom where he's called you to be. Now, maybe you're here and you're a backslider. You were living for God, but you went astray and you got hurt by somebody someplace somewhere and you walked away from God and you've been away from him and you didn't really know how to get come back. You didn't know if you could come back. God loves you so much, he's waiting for you to come back. You come back the same way you left, you just come back. And so I'm gonna pray a prayer for anybody in this room that says, I'm not saved, but I wanna be. 
I'm a backslider, man. I walked away from God. I don't want to be that way anymore. I want to come home. Well, we want to pray for you right where you sit. And so if that's you and you want to be included in this prayer from your seat and go, Bishop, if you're going to pray that prayer, include me. I want to get saved. If you're going to pray that prayer, include me. I want to rededicate my life. If that's you, and I don't care where you've been, what you've done, please hear me. God doesn't care. He doesn't care how bad you've messed up. He knew you were going to do all that stuff before you ever did it. He loves you, but he can't make you come to him. You got to do that for yourself. So if that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus or rededicate your life today to the Lord, I want to pray for you, but I want to know who I'm praying for. So if that's you, you want to be included in this prayer, hold your hand up right now. Hold it up high. I see your hand going up. I see your hand going up. I see your hand going up. That's good. I see your hand in the back. I see your hand over there. Y'all should clap. I also see your hand going up and I see yours. That's good. Okay, we're going to pray a prayer in a minute, man. If you lifted your hand, I want you to repeat after us. Who's us? Me and the rest of the church family, we're going to say the same prayer you're saying. Even though we've said it individually ourselves before, we're going to say it with you right now because we want you to know that you're not by yourself. Online, if you're giving your heart to the Lord to rededicate, would you put it in the chat so we know and want you to say this prayer wherever you are right now, whether you're watching live, whether you're watching tomorrow, this week, you say the prayer because it works no matter when you're watching it. Repeat this, say, Dear Jesus, today I give you my life and I receive your free gifts of salvation and righteousness. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me, shedding your blood for me, going to hell for me and rising again all for me today of my own free will I receive you and I thank you for this opportunity in Jesus name shout amen can we make some noise man that's good now if you got born again man you said that prayer you said what you meant and meant what you said and you gave your heart to Jesus and rededicated your life we just want to celebrate real quick on your behalf because the angels are celebrating. So if you, if you did, you said that prayer for real and you just got saved, rededicated your life, would you hold your hand up so we can just celebrate with you? Hold your hand up. I see hands over there, hands over there. Would y'all clap and celebrate? We ce I see in the back. We celebrate you. We celebrate you. Now. This is what I need you to do because normally I would ask you to do something different, but because of what um, our Hispanic heritage family is doing right now, we're going to do something different. If you got saved or rededicated, I need you to take out your mobile device and text Got God right now to 54244. Got God to all one word to 54244. When you do that, we're going to send you a form that says made a decision. If you'll fill it out, send it back, you're going to get a video message from me and Pastor Aisha talking about what do you do now that you're born again? What do you do now that you rededicated your life? So would you do that right now, please? If you're watching me online with your phone, as soon as we go off the air, would you do that text, God, God? Take a snapshot of that right now so you have it to 54244 because we want to connect with you, and that is our way to do that. Now, also, after service, if you got saved or rededicated, I want you to come up and um, introduce yourself or tell us you got saved. I want you to get in the center aisle. We'll stand here. I want you to come up and tell us because normally we would do something different to be able to talk with you, but we're not going to do that today. So I want you to come up and talk to us, if you can, right after service so we can fellowship with you. Can y'all make some noise real quick for those people? That's good. All right. Somebody shout, it's tithes and offering time. Now, if and only if you love giving to God, make some noise. 
here at this church, this is a tithing church. We believe in giving God the first tenth of any increase that hits our hand. Paycheck, fine money. Somebody gives us money. God gets the first tenth. Somebody shout, God gets the first. He gets the first tenth. It's his. It's not mine. Then we take the 90%, handle all of our responsibilities and put money where? Put something in savings. What's left over is called your? Your excess, and that is what you give offerings out of as the Holy Spirit leads you to do so. Now listen carefully. If you have a church home, I was just talking to somebody about this this week. If you have a church home, Victory's not your church, and you're like, man, I got fed here, so I want to pay my tithe here. Please, please don't do that. Your tithe goes to your home church, not this church or any other church. So an offering today, don't give us another church's tithe. Now if you don't have a church home, you're looking for one, you don't have one, and you want to pay your tithe here, by all means, you can, as long as you don't have a church home. Now, how do you give in case you don't know? There's several ways to give in this church. It'll come up on the screen for you. Number one, you can go to our website. You can always give that way. Number two, for those watching, the address is on the screen. You can mail something in, or if you live nearby, some people that live close want to bring it up here, so there's a drop box outside the executive wing. While we're on that, if you're in the building and you're going to give by cash or check, even though many people give electronically, some people want to give by cash or check, we honor that, but we don't want you to give it loosely. We want to put an envelope in your hand. So if you need an envelope for your giving today, hold your hand up high, please, and the ushers will come and put an envelope in your hand. Now, we have the greatest ushers around. Can y'all make some noise for them, please, as they're serving? So just keep your hand up. The ushers will come. Now, for those that have their hand raised or just got an envelope, please know we don't pass offering buckets. The way you will turn that envelope in is on your way out. There's two bins, white bins, one on either wall. You can drop it in there, and it will get to where it needs to get to. Now, another way to give is our mobile app. If you'll text VICCC space app to 77977, you can give that way. You can also text to give by simply texting VICCC to the same number. Lastly, if you have an equipment account, you can give that way. I believe there's a QR code up there too, so you can always take a shot of that and give. Several ways to give. Hopefully one of them works for you. All right, when you're ready to give, hold up whatever you're giving with. If you're giving electronically, hold up your mobile device. If you're giving by cash or check, when you're done filling out your envelope, please don't rush, catch up to us. If you have nothing to give, hold your hand up with everybody else. Nobody left behind, wave it before the Lord. Online, hold up something. Wave it and speak to your seed. Say, seed, I know you can hear me. Everything has ears. I'm talking to you. Go now. Get in the ground. Increase. Multiply. And harvest. I'm calling you in to the kingdom of God and my citizen hand. In Jesus' name, shout amen. Shout amen again. All right, stand to your feet. Now, before you move, don't forget, if you need prayer, prayer's up here to my left, your right, number one. Number two, if you're a first-time visitor, you got saved, if you can, would you get in the center aisle so we can meet you? Number three, on your way out, I need you to go down this hallway, go to the multi-purpose room so you can walk through and see what they've done. All right, look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I got to go. But I want you to know God's plan concerning you is already finished. Give them a high five, a hug. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you Wednesday night. Be blessed.